After a long hiatus, <laughs> welcome back to the Decom Boom. And happy 2024. Happy 2024. Um, I feel like lately on all our episodes, we start with after a long hiatus. <laughs> so true. I know. When I look back on 2023 at the Decom Boom, we started so strong. Like we recorded every day for truly like five months. We were great. Or every week, sorry. We were so great. And like we really did like knock out so many movies from January to May. And then like summer we did like a couple episodes yeah and then we, we came back time. for like october and then we flopped and then we flopped that. but you know it's a new year yeah fresh clean slate. now i feel like what are we even doing in winter anyway yeah so we're gonna really our goal is to stop starting episodes with after our long hiatus <laughs> um yeah and to just be back but thank you to everyone who like missed us and thought about us while we were away i know i know we're so happy to be back doing this it's so much fun and we still have like a lot of heavy hitters to cover yes one of which we're doing today yeah we're doing a pretty massive one today. a pretty massive one like this one's giant um, this one is similar to high school musical a trio a trilogy exactly we're doing another trilogy and really quick before we say what today's movie is i did just want to point out something that i don't think we ever talked about on here that is like very topical right now Mm -hmm. to disney channel so as of this recording the mean girls musical movie is like about to come out oh i sarah i thought of this today miss spin herself exactly so if anyone listened to our spin episode which is like a new decom that came out in 2021 the lead girl from that um her name is avantika she is literally playing Karen Smith. In the yeah, she's movie. Karen. Isn't that so cool? It's so I'm like cool. So excited for I'm her. so proud of her. And I mean, aside all my issues about spin aside, I loved her. Yeah, she's so cute. So I'm excited to see her booked and busy. I'm excited yeah. to see her in this new role. Very different from yes. her spin role. That's like part of um, why I'm so excited for her. It's like she's really showing her range. And yes. this is going to be like just such a massive thing in her career. I know. And I also didn't know she could sing. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to see her sing because she didn't sing in Spin, no, right? No, no, I don't think so at all. Yeah, yeah. no, there were songs, but there, it wasn't like a musical. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, since we left you guys waiting for so long, we did want to go ahead and do an iconic film today. So we settled on Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Yes. <laughs> so this film came out in 1999. Yes, it was January 23rd of that okay, year. Okay, so I was a newborn. You had literally, you were a few weeks old. I was a few weeks old. So I get I didn't watch it on premiere night. No. <laughs> and you know what? Like, yeah, pre like I, I wanna say pre like two thousand and one, I really didn't watch Disney Channel. I was yeah, watching like young. baby shows. Right. So I definitely didn't watch this one premiere. It really wasn't until like Lizzie McGuire, which I think premiered in two thousand and one, that we became like yes. Disney girls. And they replayed um this one all the time though. Yes. But what's funny about Xenon is I, like, didn't remember truly anything about it. Like, in terms of what the plot of this film is, I did not remember. I didn't even remember that she goes to Earth because... Oh, I remember that. I think what I would do is I would see, like, the beginning of it, and then I kind of, like, had... I didn't like the vibe of Xenon. I thought it was, like, kind of weird. So I would always, like, switch off of it before she got to Earth. So, like, I remembered the beginning of her in space. And then the second half of the film was a total surprise to me. Wow. So I don't even know if I had seen it in full. 
Okay, well, no, that makes sense because to be honest with me, I've definitely seen this whole movie, but similar to the Halloween Town trilogy, when I was a kid, I saw Xenon the sequel before mm. I had ever seen this movie in its entirety. So similar to yeah. Halloween Town, it's like I would see the beginning tons of times. Right. And then like I never really knew like how it ended. Like I feel like I would always get to when she went to Earth, but then I would like have to go to bed. Yes. So yes. yeah, I definitely was more familiar with the second one for years until I finally like saw this one and right. loved it. Um, yeah. And, and no, it is true that when people think about Xenon, I don't think they're really thinking about the plot they're thinking about the iconic looks the iconic the slang looks. the slang it's it's clueless in that way of like the just the aesthetics of xenon are so iconic yes um and that's really what has like cemented its place in the culture maybe more so than the film itself yes than what happens yes that's kind yeah. of secondary yes to the fact that this film literally like it could be said that it rivals a clockwork orange with its commitment to like a new vernacular. Yes. Like, it's so funny to it's me that so this funny. lingo has really like stood the test of time. Like I feel like we still say the lingo from this movie. Although, did you know, this is apparently like a very commonly miscons- misremembered thing. It's not Zetus Lapidus. It's Cetus Lapidus. Wait, she sounds like she says Zetus Lapidus. I know. That's like what everyone thinks. And like so if you it's Google Cetus? it, like Cetus, because Cetus is the name of a constellation. Oh. And Lapidus is one of Saturn's moons. But yeah, the aesthetic is super iconic, as is the lingo. Yeah, this is just a movie that really looms large in like the millennial mind, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, Protozoa, come on. Oh, yeah, Protozoa. The most epic zoom, rock zoom, star. zoom, zoom. Make me rock go boom, boom, my supernova I mean, girl. Zoom, 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 my supernova girl is right up there for me with um, boys. We are the, the boys, boys in motion. motion. We give you our devotion. Boys, we are the boys in motion. We give you our devotion. <laughs> That's right up there for me. Like, I love, I love Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. No, exactly. My and Supernova. And girl. there's a song that's in Xenon the Zequel that I love. It's yes. It's like, wake me up, shake me up, whisk yes. me to the stars. So much yes. To do so much to Okay, Cyberpop is really going off. I know. No, the songs are good. And also, the guy who plays Protozoa is like so charismatic and fun. I know. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I love um, him. So for those of you who don't know Xenon, this is the one about a teenager that lives on a space station in the future. This is the Disney Plus description. Xenon must thwart a villain's plot after she's grounded and sent to Earth. Literally grounded. Exactly. So that's kind of what Z gets up to in this film. Nora, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is? Um, I think that the Rotten Tomato score is like 52%. It is 62%. Fair, yeah, yeah. fair. That kind of like, like made sense to me a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really, I was getting like so many like warm memories of childhood watching this, and I had so much fun watching it. And yeah. I'm ready to dive in if you are. I had like, I had so much fun watching it, but I do think like, even though we're not that many years apart, this movie like yeah. is a little before my time. Yes, it is. In the sense that I think people like even my age, just don't connect to Xenon the way people your age do. Like, I loved it, but I didn't... Like, the nostalgia from this movie, I don't have that I have for some of the others. Yes, this one is really for, like, for millennials. In a way that, like, I think there's a lot of people, like, I'm really in between these generations, but I think there's a lot of people that were too old for High School Musical that Xenon was their thing. I was both. I was more HSM 
but I loved Xenon as a kid and I would get so excited when I would see that it was coming on. Love. Okay. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is Xenon. We open in Xenon's room. She lives on a space station. So fun. Yep. In outer space. And the year is 2049. We soon see she's sleeping in her little room and she has this iPad looking thing that's called a data zap, which tells us the year 2049. And we hear our first instance of Xenon slaying, which is Stellanarius, because Xenon sets her own <laughs> alarm every morning with like a video of herself from the previous day talking. I know, fun. Right away, the aesthetics are so amazing. Like it's so pink. It's so yeah. intergalactic. It's like sort of giving... Um, Oh, Austin Powers. It's oh. kind of giving like Austin Powers, no. but with a twist. I agree. I was thinking that it really was giving like 60s and 70s, but yeah. futuristic, like some of the decor. And yes. also it's just like extremely the bisexual pride flag colors. Everything is pink and blue. That's honestly very true. Yeah. We do see Xenon's parents in this kind of opening uh, sequence. They are scientists. So that's why Xenon lives on this space shuttle mm -hmm. is because her parents are both scientists that are working on like like bone marrow density research so they're trying to like save lives they're like amazing scientists i know um so we see them like walking and talking and being cute okay so here's my question so everyone on this space shuttle has names like xenon <laughs> nebula if she came on this space shuttle when she's five why do they all have space names i think it's just like more like futuristic that like those types of names are more popular that's how but i interpreted it her earth friends are named like greg <laughs> you make a really good point which is one of my points which is it's so funny to me how much they phoned in earth earth is 1999 like 100% totally with like one exception that I'll bring up it's later it's 100% the 90s it's the exact same um, okay but no you're you're right you're like right. I don't understand why like if all these kids came here when they were like after they were born like why they all have but space maybe names. it's because their parents are all like whiz kid scientists who were like i'm gonna name them like this like yeah cool sounding name i guess that could be true yeah or like who knows maybe nebula was born on board because we yeah. do eventually learn i did the math when this space station would have been built 2022 <gasps> <gasps> oh my so they really had too much faith in us like we're not there yet people do we're not, not live there in space. yet people do not live in space like we're getting there we're but getting there but like yet. we're not having like girlies in space yeah guys are not doing middle school in space as no yet. maybe as one yet. day but that is so funny isn't that funny yeah and xenon would have been born in 2036 so basically xenon even though she sets this cute alarm for herself she ends up sleeping through her alarm so then we see her just frantically running through the halls of the space station late to class she's like she's just a hot mess and yeah i mean i really like the like like the production design set design like I like the way the space station looks it's it's what you would kind of expect and it is like I guess a little cheesy yeah futuristic-y but I like it I felt the vibe very strongly as yes. a kid, and I think it kind of held up I think they do a good job creating the world um I feel like we've had this conversation before I don't like uh hold it against them for bad like special effects or bad like set design because to me at this time like movies with million dollar budgets had bad special effects yeah. it was just the time yes. so i just don't really like hold it against the decoms okay. because like they probably had a bad budget and simply the tech just like kind of wasn't available mm -hmm. so like i had no issues with that yeah i thought it like all in all looked pretty good yeah so Xenon's like running through the halls and we see her just run right into a man that is dressed in purple who seems important Commander Plank. 
Yes. And he's like the head guy on board. He, yeah. He's like president of the uh, space station pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And, he, and him and Z kind of like have beef. <laughs> yeah, they do. But it's like this very kind of like it's uncle vibes. almost. Yeah. It's kind of Mr. Mosby energy. Yeah. Like what he's like with the twins mm-hmm. of just like. There's love there, but there's also <laughs> deep suspicion there. Yes. She's around, like, a lot of sensitive technology, yes. and, like, she's being insane. She has to respect the boundaries of the station. No, exactly. And, like, she doesn't. Like, ultimately, no, exactly. she does not. And it's so true that, like, that must be so stressful to him. You have all these teenagers I know. in this very, yes, like, a pressure cooker. Yeah. Yes. Where, like, they really could, like, cause so much trouble yeah like mass death yeah like they're in space so yeah. like if something gets <laughs> fucked up like that's really bad exactly yeah i wonder how they like fix vitamin d deficiency on this i was thinking that too but spaceship but maybe it's just they not probably, a non-issue yeah and they probably take like supplements they probably yeah. like have like chambers where they can go and like have, have like, artificial sunlight yeah, yeah i'm sure they've thought of all that stuff because it is really interesting we'll later learn it's like a fundamental thing about xenon like Girlie does not miss Earth. She never wants to go back to Earth. She loves her life. Well, she does not have claustrophobia at all. And she's been fed a lot of propaganda. Yeah, it's about propaganda because she believes that Earth is like inhospitable. No, she just believes it's really dangerous, which like, well, yeah, it is. she believes, like, yeah, like, but like her fears about Earth, like, I think she thinks that like tornadoes are all around yeah. and like the water is all contaminated, which like doesn't seem to be the case. So it is propaganda, <laughs> like, I think she doesn't have a clear picture of what Earth is. Yes. And you know what's so fascinating? Like, part of me wonders, this is super cynical, because maybe her mom just is an anxiety-riddled queen. I mean, her sister sure is. Oh, yes, she is. And I'll I get to her. love Aunt Judy. Oh, we'll love Aunt Judy. But I do kind of think that there's a possibility that Xenon's parents have, like, some type of guilt of, like, because we have this amazing job, our child has to grow up on a space station. Yes. Let's just tell her, Earth's no fun anyways. You'd be dead by now if you lived on Earth, Honestly, girl. they're giving room. Yes. Like, they're honestly being, like, there's nothing else but space but station. Space. Like, you shouldn't, yeah. And it's like, wow, way to really, like, cut her off from her roots as an Earthling. Yeah, so that's Commander Plank, and that's his vibe with Xenon. And then, yeah, we just see Xenon absolutely, like, running through the halls. She, like, climbs a random ladder to, like, get to class faster she like goes on a rolling cart thing through people's legs and this is all just to show us that xenon is spunky she's fearless she's a little bit of a rule breaker but she has like a fun free-spirited nature love her yeah she's great she's wild she really is she has the confidence of like i don't know i don't know how a 13 year old is that confident because she's on a space station where she doesn't have really that right. much to compare herself to. Like, all right. her friends love her. There's not, like, that many people that are cuter than her. She doesn't have social That's media, true. even though it's 2049. That's true. Yeah. No, she is, like, the world is my oyster. She's, like, the space station's my oyster. No, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. she knows she can dominate, like, that culture. Yeah, that's so true. Everyone's, like, a lame scientist, and she's, like, cute. Exactly. And she's, yeah. like, more into pop culture. Yeah. Like, Xenon gets to class. She's late. And her best friend is here, played by none other than Raven Simone. Okay, like, Raven's, like, one of her first gigs. Yeah, well, I she guess, like, her been first, on the Cosby, the Cosby show. show. But, like, this is her first Disney, Disney gig. Channel moment, yes. Yeah. No, she's so cute in this. I mean, she's just she's a doll. She's so cute. We do learn something shocking <gasps> about the future in this scene when they are in class with their teacher who is, like, a projection. projection. He's not really there. It's Loretta Modern. Yes. Um, We learned something truly so shocking. I was, like, laughing so hard. What do we learn, Nora? In this world, the president is Chelsea Clinton. Yes. <laughs> the president of America is Chelsea Clinton herself. Yes. LOL. 
One thing they did get right is that in this world, Hillary never became pres because they say like, like her father, like just they they would mention Hillary in this part if Hillary had become president in right. this world, which they she didn't. They just knew. Just Chelsea. So guys, just be prepared that Chelsea will be president soon. Yeah. Xenon predicted it. Exactly. Um. No, it's so, so funny. And Xenon's background is the Clintons. <laughs> I guess because this came out in 99. Yeah. Bill Clinton was, was in office. Um, and they really saw that path for Chelsea. They did, which but is I so funny. But I think that I can say with confidence that we will not see Chelsea in the White House. We will not be seeing that. Not we in won't see Chelsea Clinton's America. No, we won't. Yeah. And, and this reality, Chelsea is a big proponent of um, underwater farming as like yes. a source of food. So honestly, love that for her. Cool platform. Yeah. Cool. So as class is going on, Xenon is not really listening because she is surfing the net, looking up her favorite band, The Microbes, the lead singer of which is Protozoa, her crush. Her crush. Basically, they're in sync. Yeah. They're like this, they're supposed to be the boy band this time. It's in sync, but later, even Protozoa has frosted tips. Like, he's just into Blake. That's what it basically is. But he is is Australian or British? I think he's Australian. I think he's Australian, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And Xenon learned something huge in this scene, which is that the microbes and therefore Protozoa are coming to the Wincom Space Station, which is where she lives, to perform the first ever concert in space. And not a hologram. They're coming in person to perform. This is huge. Huge. and her girls, including Raven, who is named Nebula. And sometimes nicknamed Neb. Neb. (laughs) So after class, Xenon tells Nebula, and she tells this little, like, redheaded girl they're friends with named Lynx, and they are absolutely freaking out. They call Protozoa um, her Xenon's crush major. Yes. Everything in Xenon is major or minor. It's like, you're my crush major. major. It's like, oh, Nora, sweat minor. It's not a big deal. I kind of love that. And also, at this point, um, the commander comes up, and he's like, girls, like calm down and she says to nebula control myself and my all-time crush major is coming to these humble halls which i love she can't control herself not when protozoa is coming but then we see some of z and neb's guy friends which are a boy named aquila and a little cute shorty named leo love and they are not impressed with the microbes and one of them actually says um that they are quote anti-matter because they have melodies and you can understand their lyrics you know they're on some like other shit honestly in even in the future boys are still like just like diminishing teenage girls interests at any chance exactly even in 2046 2049 but yes 2049 i know and and i thought it was funny because one of the boys is like, oh, they're about as thermo as some band from 2025. And I was like, oh, we're almost Oh, my God. There. Okay, what will be that band? I know. Boy what genius? will be that band? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, Neb and Xenon are not letting this harsh their mellow. They are so excited for Protozoa and his band to come. And there's going to be a contest. And the winner gets to dance on stage with Protozoa. <gasps> and Xenon is convinced it's going to yeah. be her. And it, like, good. Yeah. Honestly, that's like so exciting to dance with your crush. It's like that girl that gets brought up for one less lonely girl at the Justin Bieber shows. It's huge. And then at lunch that day, Commander Plank makes an announcement. Parker Wyndham, who is the owner and CEO of the space station's parent company, Windcom. Basically, he is Elon Musk. Absolutely, he yeah. is. He's coming for a visit to the oh, space station no. this Friday. Everyone's like, be on your best behavior. This is huge. We need him to keep funding the space station. And the commander looks right at Xenon when he's saying, like, everyone be on your best behavior. 
even you girl and xenon looks so guilty because she knows she knows she's a menace she's a menace to society and the space station and she just can't like she just can't resist chaos yeah she has to stir up trouble and so she just knows this is not good for her no it's not and the stakes are high because like the space station has i guess like been like needing a lot of repairs recently and if they don't get more funding like it's not going to be good it's done it's done and her parents yeah they're doing research so they want their research to be funded so it's just like xenon messing this up is like gonna hurt a lot of people and she needs to not i know but you know yeah it's so true and i i did want to say that i hate commander plank's um costume he looks like really like cartoonish and it's very like cheap looking like his outfit like was like, often like wrinkled yeah i like it sarah oh i really don't like it and i like it i felt extremely validated because i was like oh my god that's such a bad costume and then i listened to a podcast interview with the director of this film who said that that was something he really hated and pushed to change and apparently disney channel like gave them a lot of like trouble with the costumes and they were like no we like it and he was like wait so what did he want it to be do you know i don't know but he just like all the things i wrote in my notes like cartoonish like like stupid he said like all that verbatim and i felt so validated i kind of liked that about it it I, did feel off but like <laughs> i just loved the purple i'm i'm not mad at the purple it was more like the material and like the uh, way the belt looked it was like okay so like like cheap it and was weird cartoonish looking. yeah whereas like i love xenon's outfits like she's always wearing yeah, like so either cute. like like full blue spandex with a pink vest and pink skirt or like the reverse colors or like pink and purple that like she's she always looks great yeah i love her hairstyles i know um but no i wasn't feeling commander plank's look but that is okay pocket brought to life she really does so yeah that's like what's going on with xenon right now and then she goes into her parents lab to kind of like freak out to them she's like oh my god like do you really think Wyndham would ever shut the station down like that can never happen I love it here this is like the only home I've ever known and we learn that her parents like really need the space station to stay open because they can allegedly only do their research in a weightless lab which I'm like you could definitely recreate these conditions on earth I I know but also I don't have any questions okay I'm sure it's true yeah okay um so xenon's parents are like listen if you're worried about getting shut down you know what to do like stay out of restricted zones like behave like do what commander plank said i know and then there's this weird part where xenon is sort of like i mean mom you would hate if we had to go back to earth right and her mom's like uh yeah and she's like distracted and you're sort of like okay like that was a weird reaction i know i really thought that was going to lead i know and it kind of doesn't but it's like such a weird moment if anything, that furthered my conspiracy theory that the mom actually is fine with Earth and just like and just yeah. wants Xenon to like staying on the station because it's good for her career. She's fear-mongering to Xenon about Earth. Yeah. What can you do? So that was kind of weird. And I yeah, I thought that was going to like lead somewhere, but it never did. Um, so now we do get a little more information about why Xenon doesn't like Earth. She's hanging out with her friends, Nebula, Aquila, Lynx, and Leo. And I like this part because they're talking about the Microbes concert and... I know. Young, like, communists. I, they, well, the space station, like, really is, like, either, like, yeah. communist or socialist society. They, like, don't have money. I know. It's, like, based on, like, science and, yeah. like, intellect and academia I love. And it's just, like, community. Like, everybody yeah. does their part. Yeah, it, it's it. really interesting because like one of the boys is like oh if the microbes are coming here someone's getting rich off it like everything on earth is motivated by money and it's like true it's like so true it's kid. like where is the lie yeah like that's the right type of propaganda to be giving yeah. your kid about earth 
And then Xenon is like, no, everything down there is motivated by self-defense. Like all you yes. have to like think about is like muggers, tornadoes, madmen, hurricanes. That's more germs. the propaganda. Not that those things don't happen, but like it is true that when you're young, you're very concerned about tornadoes in a way that's like a little unnecessary. Yeah, especially when I was like younger. Yeah. Top three fears: one, tornadoes. No, exactly. I don't know why, because also I lived in new york right <laughs> you only have to worry about them in a very specific yeah. geographical area and i think i just thought that you would be in the eye of a tornado going like whoa because you saw like, the wizard of oz yeah exactly exactly yeah um and also xenon says when her friend is like everything's about money down there she goes so young so cynical i know she's so funny i love her she honestly is giving me hope after we saw our shitty ass female protagonist in zombies i'm like okay we have a girl with some spunk again Xenon is so spunky. She was reminding me a little of Cadet Kelly. She doesn't yes. quite match that level of charm, but she has the spunk and the fearlessness and the like, just like really cute way of speaking. Yes. She's great. And, no, and it is her. a little bit like Cher and Clueless at times, I Very think. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Um, like wise beyond her years, but in like the silliest package ever. Yes. Yeah. And I love that type of heroine. I really do. I do too. Um... Yeah, so Xenon is definitely like, no, I love my life here. I would never want to go to Earth. And then the kids start talking about how they really want to catch a solar flare later. And this gives Xenon a risky, adventurous idea. We cut to her in a spacesuit. And she's telling yes. her friends, like, I want to, like, go out in space. And, I like, know. you guys can just pull on my tether if anything happens. Truly like, insane. And yeah. honestly, this is the confidence you have when your parents are scientists because you just feel like, oh like they'll figure it out if something yeah, goes wrong right right and also nebula says to her like xenon like this could be dangerous and she's like why would you want to be in the audience nebula when you can be center stage i'm like okay leo like she is like so main character energy she doesn't have like any fear except about earth i know <laughs> i know but you'll like go out in space like i, I thought you were risk averse talking about germs and tornadoes but clearly know, not. She's not scared of space at all but I guess that makes sense. Like that to her is like her I guess that's ocean. Like, yeah, I guess that's like how I take the subway home at 4 a.m. on 1% battery. Yeah, no, Xenon goes out in space and her friends are watching her. And there is like some like, you know. Oh, terrible ooh. special effects. Like, yeah. Truly so terrible. But like I said, I'm just not that concerned. No, I'm not. I'm actually not either. Like, yeah, yeah we see like some weird lights behind like, Earth that are the solar flare. It's horrible. Yeah. But it's fine. But um, Xenon's like beautiful moment doesn't last that long because... Her dad arrives. Her dad is here and he's like kind of hot to me in this scene. Yeah, her dad is like cool. He's like nerdy, but he's, he he's is kind cute. Of hot to me. Yeah. And he's like just shaking his damn head at Xenon. He's like, Xenon, like you can't go out in a space suit like in like the unauthorized, of night. like unsupervised. Yeah, it's like you're truly unabashedly. 13. It's like yes. she can't be oh, a 13 year old yeah. astronaut. That blew my mind when we found out she was 13 because I think she, I thought she was going to be 15. like 15. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, she's like a child. She's Not a that child. 15 isn't, but. Um, yeah, so Xenon definitely gets in trouble with her parents, and she, like, doesn't take any accountability. She's like, why am I taking the blame? There were other kids there. It's like, Xenon, no one else went into space. Yes. No, she has a cockiness that I've never quite seen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know how we always describe these people? Bold. Bold. Yeah, she's, yeah, she joins <laughs> the ranks of, the, these protagonists are always so bold. They're always so bold, yeah. They're so, so bold. Yeah. So she's like, her parents basically just give her a warning and we see that her poor mother has this thing called a stress helmet. It's this <laughs> giant helmet 
with like lights that she has to put on when xenon yes. you know causes her blood pressure to and spike, her dad's basically. like xenon you've made your mom go to the stress helmet twice so far like this month or something and xenon's like i know he's like you don't want her to have to go to the chill chamber <laughs> like oh my god is that, is that like the psychiatric hospital I know. on board Probably. it must be so yeah and her dad is very much like good cop he's just like listen i know those solar flares were so freaking cool but like I take know. it easy on your mom like behave if you can right right um so then we see that you know xenon and nebula are both thinking about this contest xenon makes like a creepy little <laughs> protozoa doll it is impressive oh it's amazing that is something that i do remember from childhood yeah that, that doll. doll that's a core image it is it really is and i loved it i was like that's so cool and it is impressive yeah and nebula like wrote an essay so nebula's like z you're gonna win um now actually Wyndham has arrived and i like that nebula calls him Wyndham beast <laughs> she's like Wyndham beast got here yeah it's like okay <laughs> that is so funny to me um and actually xenon's parents are like giving him a tour so xenon like runs to find them on their tour and she introduces herself to Wyndham and she's just like really kind of going above and beyond in this part like he asks her you know tell me honestly do you like living here and she's like oh my gosh it's the most like interesting childhood anyone could ever hope to have and it's all thanks to you and she's just really being like overkill and she ends her little speech with going thank you mr windham thank you it's so intense and so basically when when xenon meets windham though he really gives her a bad feeling because she has an intuition about him yeah she's sus well because he does this weird thing he he comes across very like you know clean cut he's tall he's in a suit but when he shakes her hand, his he does this weird, like, rapid blinking thing. Yes. That really, like, skeeves her out. And he, he does have this, like, creepy, slimy-looking um, sidekick. Assistant. Yeah. yeah. Assistant. <laughs> Named Mr. Lutz. <laughs> Mr. Lutz. And Mr. Lutz is no good. No. And Z knows that. Yeah, she do- she doesn't trust either of these guys. And her friends are starting to swap stories of, like, wow, Wyndham's the man. Like, he talked to me about this. Like, he's so cool. And Xenon's like, guys, no, I have a really bad feeling about him. It never occurred to me to have a bad feeling about an adult so I was like 15 or 16. 13, I was just assuming that all adults around me were good and kind and right. I think I got bad feelings. Mm. But it was mostly just like, you know, you would like go to a friend's house and be like, that mom, there's something weird about her. Okay, She's a little yeah. too mean or a little too nice. Like, right. The vibes true. would just be odd sometimes. That's true. But I definitely didn't have Z level intuition. Oh, no. I mean. And no one does. No one ever blinked at me. And, and I thought, hmm. Yeah, no. And I thought, they must be in it for money. I didn't have that. No, she is next level with her intuition. She is. Um, so she later does have this run-in with the sidekick, Mr. Lutz, because basically Xenon is very fond of going diving in the space station's like like trash room to like find things to make shit with, which Love. again, so main character, so cool. So fun. Dumpster She's, diving? Exactly. Which She's thrifting. Absolutely, because there's no thrift stores on board. Yeah. I don't even think they have, like, stores. I think they, like, get, like, regulation, like, outfits, like, brought to them. Because they all kind of dress the same. It's like, they get regulation outfits and they just happen to be cute as hell. You know, you make a good point. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. She does go dumpster diving because she's looking for uh, something she can use to make a guitar for her protozoa doll. Love. And she does find some stuff she likes, but when she's coming out of there... It's late at night and no one else should really be awake right now. So let me ask you this. Why is Mr. Lutz lurking about the halls? I don't know. And neither does Z. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I just, why are you down here? Like, I have to go get a thing. And she's like so rude to him. Like, she has like a confidence that's just like so insane to me because she just like confronts him and is like, 
that's actually classified like you're not supposed to go into there like i really think again it goes back to like the socialist like Mm. vibe of the space station like i think kids and adults are sort of treated as equals especially Mm. because when you think about it so many of these kids are probably so bright like they have these like scientist parents so there probably is this thing of like kids opinions and ideas are really respected and they don't feel this like fear about speaking their mind right that's probably true i mean for god's sake her teacher is not even physically there she was going to zoom school before any of us like they don't really have this like fear of adults it's true it's true but it is she could just like like she could like walk through her teacher yeah exactly yeah what are they gonna do nothing so yeah no she is really cocky with how she confronts mr lutz basically yeah he he tries to make up a story of like oh i just needed to use the computer in here and she's like well you don't need to go in there to use a computer like that's like the main memory bank for the ship and it's a class four restricted zone so no one's really allowed to go in there and he's like oh good to know and she's like yep let's both go to bed and she basically like convinces him to walk her back to her room because she doesn't trust him alone by this space and she shouldn't i'm really scared to go up alone like can you walk me because she doesn't want him to be left unattended so he's like you're exhausting fine and so then we cut to xenon in class and she is falling asleep in class because she's been up all night trying to scheme and stop this man from going in the memory bank and she literally falls over in class like just like falls over and nebula's like i know it's because you were scheming last night (laughs) and following lutz around and then later that day there is a like little gathering in some room or another because the contest winner is about to be announced for (laughs) the big microbes concert all the kids are gathered around a screen and it's a very big deal um leo says i want to see your faces when the winner turns out to be some sub dwarf third grader so sub dwarfs are stars with luminosity 1.5 to 2 magnitudes lower than that of main sequence stars of the same spectral type so a sub dwarf is a dis Okay, so basically, I'm main sequence and Sarah is subdwarf. For context, I'm not comfortable with that example. But moving on. <laughs> but guess what, guys? A sub a subdwarf doesn't win. Instead, guess who wins? Our girl Z. Xenon has won the contest, which means she gets to dance with Protozoa when they come here to perform. And her and Nebula are screaming. They're so happy. Now, let me ask you this: If Nebula had won. Do you think Xenon would have been this no, happy? No, because she's main character. She would have been like, but my doll was so good. I mean, I'm happy like, for you. Nebula, that's great. And then somehow, like, she ends up on stage from scheming. Totally. And that's just so her. Somehow she would get, like, closer with Protozoa. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I mean, some people just have beta energy. And sorry, Neb, you're giving it. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> now, um leo one of her guy friends comes up to her and he gives her a code that she writes down on her hand because basically like leo's dad just has all the codes he had the code that allowed them to like go out into space for the solar flare Mm -hmm. he just has all the codes to the secret rooms so xenon's writing this code on her hand so she can spy on lutz later and nebula says with you for my bf you better be glad i'm not dead from stress real she puts her through a lot she gives her gray hairs she does i know and she loves that about herself I love it better too. She's like, I'm iconic. And she is. <laughs> she is. So yeah, basically later that night, Xenon hides in some little like tiny compartment thing where she can like look through a little peephole mm-hmm. at Lutz, who, yeah, he's up to no good. He puts this little tiny shiny disc mm-hmm. into a computer and then he like types some things and then he retrieves the disc and we don't know what he put on it or took off it. We don't know, but it looked 
nefarious. Anytime there's a disk in information, it's rarely good. So Xenon is like, okay, wow, that's really sus, but this is where she runs into trouble. She needs the same code that she used to get into the room to get out. Mm-hmm. But that code on her hand has smudged. Yep. So when she tries to get out, she punches in the wrong code, she sets off an alarm, and she gets caught in this restricted zone. It's no good. And Commander is pissed at her. And the parents are alerted. And he's like, Xenon, like, you can't be doing this. And he says to the parents, he's like, I'm going to let you punish her, but the punishment better fit the crime. And it's like, ooh, okay. And so then basically, the parents sentence Xenon to pretty harsh, a pretty harsh punishment. She's grounded, but not in the way you think. She's grounded like, girl, you're going to Earth to stay with your Aunt Judy. Brutal. Brutal. She's not been to Earth since she was five. Yeah, and she's really scared of it. And she thinks it's germs and disease and tornadoes, which in many ways it is. But in some ways, there's also like other stuff there. Yeah, there's other stuff going on. Yeah, it is a lot of germs though, for real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I actually, there's a part when Xenon sounds so insane and paranoid when, because she's trying to, you know, make a case for herself. She's like, no, no, no. Like I was just trying to get to the bottom of what Mr. Lutz and Mr. Wyndham are up to. And Commander Plank is like, can I ask like what this theory is based on? And she's like, so um, Mr. Wyndham's eyes do this like really weird flickering thing. And I'm like, she sounds absolutely insane. I know. It's like, no wonder they don't believe her. She can't explain a woman's intuition to Commander Plank. No, he would never get it. And he she would sounds, never get it. She sounds crazy. She does. So yeah, she is And she's also 13. Her. So why would he believe her? It's not like she's 16. Say that. <laughs> But then something pretty amazing and lucky happens, which is Nebula is walking down the hall. And we forgot to mention this, but Mr. Lutz, that little disc that mm-hmm. he put something on, he, like a like loser amateur, dropped the disc on the ground. Like how bad? Like so irresponsible. Yeah, like after you were just doing something weird with it, you dropped it immediately. So yes. Nebula finds it on the ground and it looks just really cute. And so yeah, she's like, she thinks I'm it's gonna... gorgeous. Yeah, and it is gorgeous. So she's like, I'm just going to make this into a cute little earring and give it to my best friend Xenon. Yeah. And so as Xenon is getting ready to leave, Neb gives her this earring and is like, take this with you. And he's like, that's so gorgeous. I will. And she puts it right on. And I love the single earring look on her. Oh, it's stunning. It's so cute. It's so stunning. And it's like, could she be more chic? She could be when she puts on this earring. Like she was already top level chic. And then you thought, could she get any more glam? And then when she put it on, you said, okay, she can. So Wyndham does give a speech in the cafeteria and he does pledge another 500 million to the base. Um, But Xenon hears this and she's like so not impressed. She's like, I don't trust this man. And it's almost time for her to leave. And she finds out that she's going to have to travel on a shuttle with Lutz and Wyndham because they're going back to Earth too. Yes. And she's so not into that. She's like, oh. And then Nebula tries to be like, like Xenon, like they gave us more money. Not they're, maybe they're not all that bad. And then Sinan's like, hey, too, Nebula? I thought that was so cute. Like, you too, Nebula? Like, you're turning on me? And then Nebula's like, oh, she's quoting Shakespeare. This is not good. She calls him Billy Shakespeare. I know. I wonder if in the future, like, they've gotten more familiar with William to the point where he's Billy to them. Billy. Yeah. I know. So, yes, it is time for Xenon to go on back down to Earth and... <laughs> The shuttle that she rides with Wyndham and Lutz is like fully just a commercial plane. I know. (laughs) It's just a plane. Yeah, and she just gets (laughs) off of it like a plane. It made me laugh how little luggage she has. Is it like compact? 
She Maybe. literally has like the smallest suitcase of all time. But when you think about it, don't that's probably their minimalist culture is like they don't have mm. a lot of space. Every family probably gets like essentially a two bedroom apartment or something, you right. know? But honestly, like her suitcase could fit one shirt it's like so skinny and small yeah maybe it is like vacuum maybe sealed. it's vacuum. yeah it would make sense because their closets are probably like that yeah, yeah. Right. true so yazzie when she lands and she gets out of the plane she immediately sneezes mm-hmm. then falls down the stairs of the plane and says thank you gravity i know and then she's like walking she's like oh oh my god she's being so drama about gravity which like i guess it would affect her like that but she is being drama about it she's like Oh but my it's God. like uh, they uh, also clearly have some type of like gravity thing on the space station because they don't all float around up there. They're I know, walking true. around normally. True. <laughs> so yeah, that part I was like, huh. yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And she does have a little confrontation with Wyndham and Lutz in this part, and she's talking to them, and she says to Wyndham, "You might fool a lot of people, Mister Wyndham, but you don't fool me." <gasps> I know. And he's like, "Oh shit!" And Lutz is speechless when he sees the little earring on her ear yes, that's his like, disc. disc yeah and he's like oh my god not this girl having the disc and yeah but he doesn't want to like cop to the fact that like he lost the disc so he just lets her go he doesn't he like say anything go. in front of window yeah and then her aunt judy pulls up in a cute little yellow convertible buggy and it's adorbs and aunt judy has like chaotic energy she is so so cute and darling you just love her she's just this tall gorgeous blonde who's very like odd she's very odd she's very anxious yes she's like i was too scared to make any big decisions so i never got married or had kids like okay real yeah and she's like the opposite of her scientist sister she's like i could never go to space that sounds horrifying and i like the little joke she makes she goes terra firma that's my motto the firma the better <laughs> she is so quirky and cute she really is no we absolutely love her and so now we are in chelsea clinton's america right we've landed down in america and yeah it's literally the 1990s like all the kids <laughs> look like they're in the 1990s it literally is like looks not futuristic at all but i guess their explanation for this is like it's not new york it's not los angeles True, so we're like that. behind the times right basically the way that like iowa like feels behind us honestly the way new paltz feels like the 1970s no exactly like some towns do get stuck in time yeah it is true and it also is true that like sometimes i think movies like overshoot how futuristic things are and it can be cringe because when you think about it we're already right now exactly halfway between when this movie came out and when it's supposed to take place and like yes there's a lot of like new technology but like to look around at like just places and what people look like it's not that different it's not that different um than like the 90s so yeah but like it is funny because like they go to dinner at just like a very normal restaurant and the only like out of place thing that happens is like they're like on a waterfront and you just see like a hoverboat like float by. i know yeah yeah but then like then like no one has an iphone exactly <laughs> no one has like any phones in this movie i know although i will say that her data zap thing like is very ipad yes and really how could they predict an iphone they in can't. 1998 they or whenever this is filmed exactly but um yeah um and judy is Im- immediately like such a good funny cute vibe and she takes her out to lunch at like a cute little boardwalk restaurant and there are there's this group of kids because aunt judy gets up and goes to the bathroom there's this group of kids xenon's age who are kind of sizing her up and you know immediately taking notice of the fact that she doesn't look like everybody else her outfit is super strange Mm -hmm. and there's one girl in the group that is like margie margie and she's uh, (laughs) she's wicked to her core and she like yeah so this boy is like greg is his name 
he's looking at Z with like, he's in love. It's love at first sight for Greg. He is so infatuated with our girl Z. And Margie sees this and she's not loving it because she likes Greg. And so she, <laughs> we have to recite. I mean, we Go have ahead. to recite. So Margie goes up to Xenon and this is what Margie says. Absolve me from interrupting, but my pack and I have a bet. They think with those clothes and that do, or shall I say don't, referring to her hair, that you must be from some viral extreme place like Eastern Jersey. <laughs> but I guessed you were simply getting a six-month start on Halloween. She killed her three times. Once by insulting her outfit, then by insulting her hairdo, then insinuating she was from New Jersey, and then saying she looked like she was getting ready for Halloween. She killed her. Xenon found dead. It literally like it's Margie's such an energy insult. is like so wild. Like she is just like absolutely dripping with like malice and like like I'm gonna say this. Like she's kind of giving like Kristen Doty, just like so like poorly adjusted. Well, in the beginning of this film, she's very much giving like middle school mean girl. And by the end, she's giving like divorcee <laughs> cigarette mom that's like I guess I'll come along. She like, is her so arc wild. throughout this movie is like so insane. Like the way she delivers lines in the second half of this film is like nothing I've ever seen in media. It is so funny. <laughs> you think that if someone delivered this truly crushing insult to you in your first hour on earth, you would just, you know, retreat and be scared. But that's not what our girl Xenon does. Xenon just comes back and says, you win. It's the Halloween thing. Now let me that mask you're wearing and I'll have the most hideous major costume ever. <gasps> and it is interesting because I don't think Xenon's been bullied a day in her life, but she didn't miss a beat when she finally was. Because she knew who she was. Yeah. And she said, I know I look QAF. Look yeah. at my chic earring. She's Don't like, come for me, Margie. Yeah, she's like, Margie, you're just jealous. And I will say, I'm not into the way Greg looks at Xenon in this scene. He is smiling at her in the most creepily intense Ugh, fashion it was shiver. actually making my skin crawl i know he's a young man a no, young boy but like for god's sakes somebody watching the playback should have had the decency to say let's try a different expression because this one is creepy as hell it's like, i was concerned for xenon safety stare. i know it's, it's like just creepy ogling her it's honestly like yeah it's ogling it's like it's a like creepy it's like not cool at all and it's just like no. upsetting and weird it's so upsetting and weird it's so upsetting and weird no i agree yeah, so this is a tough interaction, and by the time Aunt Judy gets back from the bathroom, Xenon's like, let's go, and they storm away. Love. Yeah, and so they do go back to Aunt Judy's house. Aunt Judy has some gorgeous flowers outside, and Xenon is really showing her ignorance when she's like, I don't get it. What's their purpose? Like, we have hydroponic chambers on board, but those are for creating oxygen, and you guys have plenty of that. And Aunt Judy says, um, down here, not everything has to have a purpose, hon. Some things are just good for your soul. Okay, I absolutely loved that. I did too. I was crying, but then I... Actually, I'll get into it at the end. Okay. I loved wow. that moment. Sounds like you hated it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I loved that moment. I guess I... I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I'm okay. Saving it. I absolutely loved that. She has thoughts. That okay. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. And I even wrote my notes. Okay, gorgeous, comma, I'm crying. So I did uh, love it. Oh, wait. I kind of have a theory about what your point is. I mean, I'm sure you do. Okay. What is it? Is it that, like, they don't actually do enough to say that Earth, like, matters? No. Th yeah, that's, like, my thorn. So I'll, like, okay. wait and we'll get into that. Okay. It does make me think of one cute thing, though, which is that um i for a summer taught at this like music camp for kids and 
we one of the things we did was like a songwriting course and truly these kids were so little like four and five and you know I was like what should we write our song about and one kid was like space I was like okay cool space and then I was like asking them to brainstorm you know ideas so we could start writing the song like what are some things we like about space and they're saying like stupid stuff but then one girl's like yeah but earth keeps us alive and I like wanted to cry I was like (laughs) <laughs> so true and that's what the song became about how like space is cool to learn about but earth keeps us alive and is so important to us that's amazing i love that i know it was stunning yeah earth matters um and that's kind of what aunt judy is trying to teach in this moment but yeah they don't do enough to drive that point home and then like 30 seconds later Zidon is like why did you never get married or have kids? i know it's like so <laughs> impolite and she's like um and then we basically find out that like Judy is just like petrified of making any decision or putting herself out there. So it's like she simply couldn't be like, want to go on a date to someone. I know. Which is sad. But also, so interesting. Where is her spinoff? I know. Also, her house is stunning. Like, she lives a great life. I literally wrote, her house is stunning in a way that you can only have a house that way if you cut off men from your life. True, because you have like time to actually like, and you don't have to share your house with a man. That's primarily it. Of just like men will get into a space and get their man air all over the space and simply ruin it. (laughs) Yeah. No, there is something to like being a spinster and living alone. Uh, Yeah, you have a beautiful home if you're a spinster. It's just like you have to like tone down your feminine energy when you live with a man. So true. You can't have like a pink living room or like just like all the flowers you want. Or like amazing wallpaper they're yeah like, they're like saying no to that right Ugh. that's so drab of them so drab um at this point z does learn when she tries to data zap nebula her parents have installed a blocking chip so she can only call them she can't call any friends and she says one sin minor and my life is a living black hole so now we finally get to see xenon at earth school and sad to say, the mean girl from the boardwalk restaurant, Margie, is in her first class of the day, as yes. is Greg the smiling creepy boy. And he's still doing that smiling creepy thing. And Margie is like unbelievably rude. Like the teacher's introducing Xenon and she's like, oh, she's from space. I hope she got all her shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like, like mean kids know how to skirt around adults with their meanness and like present a better face to the adult public but like margie doesn't do that that's why i really do think margie is not like a cool mean girl i think she's truly like a troublemaking like yes. troubled mean girl like that is the vibe i got from margie i was like because her crew doesn't even like her like, no Greg they like hate her. her all her friends are like margie i know they like despise her probably no girls want to hang out with her because she's so mean so she's forced to just like she pal around with these boys girl. that like hate her but they're not gonna like tell her to like completely fuck off yeah because she's also rich we learn she's rich but like probably an absent dad kind of thing like yes. not absent but like rich dad who's always working is the vibe we get yes now it's time for them to go to gym class where they are swimming today mm-hmm. and unsurprisingly xenon doesn't know how to swim she lives on a space station yeah and so basically they're like in line to swim <laughs> and margie like sees greg like stare again staring at xenon and xenon like wants none of it she's like stop yeah and margie like gets so jealous that she pushes xenon into the pool and it's tough because margie number one you can never compete with a new girl. We've said this before. Yeah. Like, you can't compete with her if she's from Ohio, let alone space. space. So and boys just, like, famously they, love space. They love space and they love a new girl. Mm-hmm. And also, Margie, like like we've said before, like, you're not going to look good to Greg by pushing this girl he likes in the pool. No, honey. So she's made a few mistakes. And of course, Greg jumps in to save Xenon. 
Because he wants to be a hero and also he probably wants to touch her, you fucking pig. I know. <laughs> and I actually love how Xenon responds. She's like, I could have figured it out if you just let me try. Give me a chance. I know. She's like, Greg, like, I don't know you. So, like, I'm not, like, into this. And Xenon is not one who is saved. She is a savior. Yes, exactly. She's <laughs> she like, I don't want to like, be, like, yeah, like, damsel in me. Distress. Like, I got it. And then there's also a moment, I hated this kind of, when, like, She's in science class with Margie and she's like telling Margie like, oh no, keep heating the beaker. Like it has to be hotter. It has to be hotter. And the beaker like breaks and bursts into flames. And the teacher's like, you were heating it how hot? Like, honey, we use Fahrenheit here. Yeah, she was doing Celsius. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not embarrassing for Xenon. That's embarrassing for America. And it's also like, tell her. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, she's from somewhere else. You know, she's from space. Or like, it's all scientists who use like the metric system. Exactly. That's not embarrassing for Yuzi. No, honestly, like, America, get with it and start using Celsius. It's so weird that we don't. I know. So, like, Xenon's little kind of beef with Greg continues at lunch because she's trying to pay for her lunch, but Xenon literally doesn't have any money because there's no money on the space station. Yeah, she's like, what is money? (laughs) Like, cool. So she's like, shit. Uh, And then Greg, like, rushes over to pay for her. And And she's like, stop. I know I love what she says because he's like oh like she just doesn't have cash where she's from and she's like yeah we just barter with moon rocks and alien skulls like essentially she's like stop exoticizing me I know like I'm just a girl I know she she's like so not into him trying to save her and I love it he tries to like be nice to her and teach her some of the like 2049 earth earthling slang which is like they say macro and micro instead of major and minor and they say viral if something's gross yeah take note macro good micro bad viral nasty graphic beautiful xenon just like is like i don't remember signing up for a class in a foreign language get him get him and she just walks away as she should yeah and then later back at aunt judy's there's been a (gasps) break-in literally like the place was ransacked they're like um they call the cops and obviously, like, we know it was Lutz looking for the earring, but, like, they don't know that yet. Well, Xenon actually does suspect. That's and, true. And her instincts are good here because it's, like, they realize that nothing was taken. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, I wonder what they were looking for. And then you see that she's wearing the earring. So, of course, he couldn't find it. Of course. Um. So, the next day at the school library, Xenon is trying to find a way to, like, chat with Nebula on one of the school computers. But the Wincom server is, like, saying access denied. So she decides to swallow her pride and ask Greg for help because she sees him like furiously typing at a nearby computer. So she's like, he must know about computers. Um, So she's like, hey, I kind of want your help with something. And he is a little like guarded. He's like, hey, last time I tried to help you, like I got verbally assaulted. Um, It's true. It is. He's, he's right to be kind of like, whoa, hmm. Yeah. Now you want my help? Right. But he's like, I can't. I can't really help you now because I have to go to my job at a horse stable. I work with horses. Do you want to come see? And she's like, no. Okay, fine. She's like, no. And then she's like, real horses? Because she's never seen a real horse. I mean, she's never seen any animals besides like lab rats. I know. I don't think they're even allowed she's to have pets up there. Yeah. So she's like, I want to see a horse. And so they go to the stables. And Xenon is scared because like she, horses are scary to even us like earthlings. And yeah. so like, it's like a lot. Yeah. And... He, like, basically, like, forces her to pet a horse. He, like, takes her <laughs> hand. I hate the way he, like, takes her hand and, like, puts she's on She's like, the horse. Uh, I know. He's like, come on. And it's just, like, a lot. I also just think, like, no 13-year-old boy should have, like, 
moves like this like that just makes me not trust him i know it's like you're 13 like, like why you are you inviting like, her to the stables yeah you should be like like making fun of her like i'm I sorry know. i know that sounds bad no the yeah. people that had like actual relationships in middle school i was like that's kind of scary it was terrifying it was yeah. like nothing else <laughs> <laughs> but that's greg for you and he does get this girl on a horse even though she's scared and they take a little horse ride together it's like it's way too romantic for 13 it's like imagine you just see like two 13 year olds like riding off into the sunset together on a horse i'd be like oh they must be cousins or brother and sister i know i wouldn't assume it's a date i know it's sort of like when you see 13 year old lizzie mcguire on the back of a vespa in italy you're like excuse me can we rewind so inappropriate she's literally in eighth grade when that happens that's so crazy it's really insane and then they do go back to the place where they first met for dinner and i don't care about greg at all me neither he means nothing to me i'm all about z yeah he is just like he's an accessory i'm happy that he helps z with what she needs to do i know and that's all i care about i know it's like get out of here greg and like <laughs> he just has like no charisma and she has all the charisma like i know she like has never really had like um like fried food or like junky food because yeah. you know they can only grow certain things up in space so she has like a very healthy diet so she's loving all this junk food and yeah. he's like oh i said i'd buy you dinner not 10 dinners and she says i know but it all tastes so illegal honestly she has done too many things to make him fall so in love with her one he's had to teach her so many things which boys love to teach you a skill and they'll try and teach you a skill you know but Mm -hmm. she doesn't even know these things Mm -hmm. and also boys love when girls like are like into eating a lot of they love when like a skinny girl is like another hamburger please it's like annoying but it's like unfortunately true i know because they think it means you're like down to earth or something yeah so yeah they have a cute little dinner but then xenon sees out of the corner of her eye lutz so they have to flee the table and run down to a cute little moment by the water where (laughs) there's this weird moment where xenon's like could my legs be any whiter they glow in the dark it's so weird and he's like they're fine i'm like she's a child we didn't need that i hated that part i hated that part too cut it cut it we didn't need it but Greg does have some value here because he did manage. Some. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. But so Greg did manage to dig up some dirt on Windcom, yeah. the company that uh, Parker Wyndham owns. And he hacked into their internal data bank and he found out that this $500 million that he pledged to the space station, he doesn't even have. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not in a good financial place. So like he's lying about something. Yep. This could be a weird vibe very weird absolutely and they figure out through like a little reenactment they do because she's like i wonder what lutz was looking for at my house and he's like what happened last time you saw him and she kind of like reenacts it and he's like did you tuck your hair behind your ear like that and she's like well i think and he's like maybe it's that disc yeah and this jogs xenon's memory she's like wait lutz did have a disc when i spied on him Mm -hmm. maybe it's this one yes so they're piecing it together um, and they go back to Aunt Judy's just as it starts pouring rain. And in this part, she literally is Loretta Modern. Yes. From yes. Pixel Perfect. She's like, the rain. I remember this as a kid. She's like enjoying the rain shower. I'm like, she's Loretta full on. And talk about another like manic pixie moment. Like, I know. I love rain. Yeah, of course, Greg is like, you don't get out much, do you? It's like, stop. <laughs> he is falling so hard for Z. <laughs> He's obsessed with Z. 
And he does, like, give her a look like he wants to kiss her in this part. But she's just sort of like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. She's like, not now, Greg. Like, I literally don't know you. Yeah. She's like, I was more just trying to feel the rain. It wasn't really about you. Yeah. It's like, I'm experiencing Earth for the first time. Like, and I want to experience it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And Aunt Judy, like, has a towel waiting for her. And she tells her, you've been here five days and you're already getting, like, more, like, success with guys than i ever have had i just love this woman to death i love her too Ugh. i want her spinoff she's like i would the- love to see a movie where she lives in an apartment with sarah from smart house and there's like <gasps> we're so bad with men oh my god wait that would be cute because they're both like so kooky but like smart and like neurotic and like yeah just like angels and icons the next day xenon and greg go to greg's friend andrew's house because andrew's like really really good with computers and they want him to help them figure out like what's on this disc yeah but margie is there too and she's she's in like orange fur i know she's wearing like a very like wild outfit it's a very disney channel outfit it very much like i feel like i've seen like raven and or miley like wear that same fit it's definitely recycled yeah in the disney channel universe yeah it is and she is just being super bitchy like complaining about how boring what they're doing is and just being like greg like Ever since Xenon dropped out of the sky like some space junk, you never want to ride in my dad's hover limo with me anymore. (laughs) And then the friend is like, it was never you he liked. It was the car, honey. And it's like, okay, so shady. All all these boys just like openly drag Margie constantly and she does not care at all. Because she has nowhere else to go. Yeah, I don't think she does. I think she has no friends. I mean, how could she? She has such a poor attitude. I know. I know. In a terrible disposition. I know. Yeah. And and then, like, so they're looking at the computer, but then, like, Xenon goes out on the little balcony for a quiet moment, and Margie comes out to her and basically threatens her in this part. She's like, <laughs> yeah, if you don't keep your distance from Greg more and, like, just be friends, nothing more, like, I actually know someone who works for the company that's running this microbes contest. It would be so easy for me to call them and let them know, like, hey, you need a new contest winner because this one doesn't seem like she's going to be back in time. I know. I know. Later, we see that Andrew falls asleep on his computer when everybody else has already gone home and a really creepy, like, virus just starts tearing through his computer. It's a creepy little, like, worm animation. Mm -hmm. Basically, this disc is infected with a really powerful virus. The virus, though? Cute. It's like a little worm graphic. Yeah. It's cute. It is scary, though. I thought it was kind of cute. And this to me is one of the funniest parts of the movie, which is that anytime we see a computer on Earth, it is a decidedly 1990s I know. It's so funny. They didn't even try to imagine. It's like somehow we have like a hover car, but we don't have like a better computer. It's like a chunky, huge desktop. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, So yeah, that's what they realized. Like, okay, this is a bad thing because if Lutz, you know, uploaded this in the space station... That means the space station is going to shut down. Mm -hmm. And the stakes in this movie really are so high because it's like he tells her, like, listen, the space station probably has really powerful computers, so it might, like, take a few days. Mm -hmm. But essentially, like, the not so unimplied implication is, like, everyone on there is going to die. Very much so. And And so so Xenon is like, oh, my God, I have to, like, warn my parents. And so she tries to call her parents, but, like, they really don't believe her. And then her mom says, like, Xenon, I, more than anyone, know how traumatic Earth can be. I'm like, okay, seeing myself in media? Like, real me too, girl. So funny. Um, But yeah, they don't believe her. They're like gaslighting her. They're like, honey, like, you're not acclimating to Earth well. Like, 
I see you made a friend because they like see Greg, but they're like dismissing everything she's saying about the virus. And then they're like, oh, we have to go because someone like calls them off screen. Yeah. And they like deny that the computers are being wonky or that like systems are shutting down more than normal. But then as soon as they get off the call, we see that actually there has been a lot of stuff that's going awry on the space station and they just like didn't tell Xenon about it. Which is crazy to me. It's like she's like, wouldn't you at least like even if you want to keep Xenon calm, like wouldn't you at least like look into like, yes, because that is creepy timing that she's like, hey, guys, there's a virus and like shit's shutting down and right. no figure out why. Yeah. Like your scientists ask questions. They're so convinced that their daughter is being paranoid that they aren't even being good scientists. So then Xenon is like at home and Mr. Lutz arrives at Aunt Judy's house and Greg is there too and he's just like listen all I want is your earring like it just has a bunch of boring corporate records on it like give it back and Xenon tries to barter here she's like okay I'll give you the disc if you give me a ride back to the space station Xenon does end up giving it to him like right there and Greg's like you shouldn't give it to him till like you're on the station and she's like have a little faith Greg and at this point I'm thinking Xenon you dummy i'm like, thinking she's so stupid at this I'm point thinking, Xenon, this is the, so not you like are you stupid like obviously he's just gonna take it and run but which he th- does which he does of course he does but then we see a scene later that xenon had planned for this and she gave him a fake disc which i love which i love so smart so i know i really was doubting her and then i was like i never should have doubted xenon i'm just like her parents in that sense i know it's like I, xenon i'm really sorry that i didn't believe in you in this moment and now i take it back and really in a way when she said have a little faith she was telling greg in me king in me in me that i'm sus of everyone yeah and I always am two steps ahead of my enemies. Yes. Um, and then Andrew helps her unblock um, her data zap so she can finally call Nebula. He like helps her undo that like parental block thing. And, you know, Xenon tells Nebula everything she told her parents. And I love it, though, because as she's saying, basically, like, everyone's going to die, she shifts the camera to show Greg behind <laughs> her. <laughs> so Nebula- like, I have tea to fill you in on. And Nebula's like, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, basically, she tells... Uh, nebula she's like you have to break into the shipping bay and check the schedules and let me know when the next cargo ship is being sent up because i need to try to be on that cargo ship um and she's like fully just like running away from home she sends aunt judy a video message just being like i'm so sorry i did have to go but like i love you i know and she's 13 <laughs> yeah and aunt judy is understandably panicking because she's like i'm responsible for her yes. like where is she going where is she i know it's really bad Poor Aunt Judy, um, but Neb and Leo do successfully break into the cargo bay and they tell Z, oh my God, there's a ship that's set to leave tonight. So like you have to hurry. Right. Meanwhile, Z is like stressed with Greg. They like have a moment where they're looking up at the stars and Greg is just being classic. He tells Xenon that, you know, she's not like other girls around here. And then Xenon has a really iconic moment where she says... See his Lapidus, Greg. If you want to kiss me, just do it. Iconic. She's like, just do it. And then they try and kiss. And what happens? I think they like bump noses. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then she's like, dare to try again. I love when she (laughs) says dare to try again. She's so wild. (laughs) She is bold. And then they do kiss. No, they don't. They go to kiss again. Oh, yeah, they and don't they get kiss. interrupted by basically a pager. Like right. their little, what should I call it, going off. Exactly. Because this is like when Nebula calls to yeah. be like, not only is it leaving tonight, it's leaving in an hour. She's like, oh my God. She's like, wait, that doesn't give me much time. I have no time to kiss. Like no. forget kissing. No, I have to save my family and all my yeah. friends. My community. So now they're on the move and they do um, like steal Andrew's dad's car 
this made me laugh so much because they say this thing practically drives itself and i'm like guys even in 2024 we have self-driving cars Mm -hmm. so in 2049 it's not a matter of practically it's a matter of they can but they didn't know i know but they could have guessed but we don't have hover cars or hover um i know why is that always the thing people are so sure we're gonna have they are so sure that's what we'll have so they're stealing andrew's dad's car and this is when margie just it is truly like you said like she's she's really become something different than a normal teen mean girl yes and she's just like you know i told you to stay away from greg and greg really like (laughs) tells her like it is here greg says i'm here to tell you to stop being such a halftone all right i'm not your boyfriend i never was and i never will be so swallow this reality pill and read my flapping lips okay (laughs) xenon (laughs) okay xenon or no xenon i will never be your boyfriend like margie found deceased i hate when he says read my flapping lips it sounds like he wanted to say read my fucking lips read my flapping lips it's like who says that and greg has displayed zero personality this whole movie so to see this outburst is really shocking he literally buried her but but it's the kind of thing honestly of like I would see this happen when I was younger when someone that's annoying has a crush on you and it was a nice person they put up with it for so long and then they do break yeah they're like, I don't like you like it like teens do get to that point yeah where they're like, I can only deal with this annoying person's attention for so long yeah I definitely would see that happen to people in middle school yes it's true and honestly in Greg's defense if Margie were a boy this would like be harassment I know like, most people like, she's, she's Greggy, so annoying like, are you sure like can we talk about it can we negotiate and he's like no I don't like you yeah even the speech doesn't deter her she's like come on greggy <laughs> and all her lines at this point are like giving yeah like four-year-old woman she's like oh come on babe like let's see it's like i know Margie. i know and then like when she finds out that they're going to like send xenon off she's like i simply have to come to wave you goodbye i know it's like when did like this new way of speaking come into the film i think she like got bored halfway through and was like no i'm just having fun like i really think she just was like i don't want to do it anymore i'm gonna be insane (laughs) but guess what she's in the next two movies oh my god which blows my mind no actually i'm like do her and xenon like become friends they must they must i forget what her role is um but yeah so they all drive off to try to get to like the i guess like launch pad in time or like whatever i don't know what they would call it but um yeah so they're trying to head there xenon just misses her flight and this part is so funny so margie says that's awful but wouldn't it be viral major if the explosion happens when the microbes are there and then xenon like shoots her this look and this is weirdly a part i remembered laughing at so well when i was younger because you know she just said something kind of insensitive and xenon looks at her and margie goes i didn't mean to be cruel (laughs) (laughs) but it's like the first like genuine thing she said so it's so funny like it's so funny margie is just like nothing else nothing else but xenon's like no 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 you're a genius the microbes like they're headed up there today i can probably hitch a ride with them yeah and you know it's meanwhile it's occurring to aunt judy that this is probably what xenon is doing because she's like oh she wanted to make it back for that concert so bad she's assuming that xenon has normal teenage girl interests instead of what she actually is doing which is like saving the world from destruction so there is basically some like essentially press conference Mm -hmm. going on like right by where the shuttle is going to take off from and mr wyndham is basically just like 
parading protozoa and the microbes around to this group of people being like, yeah, first concert in space, look, look how cool they are. And Xenon and her friends go to there. And turns out there's like, you know, Wyndham has put out a memo telling all security personnel, like, if you see Xenon Carr, detain her. Yeah, this 13-year-old. But that doesn't stop Xenon's friends from just driving through like a security gate. Yeah. And smashing the windshield of the car. Insane. So Xenon gets in there. She Oh, she does kiss Greg in this part. She does. Yeah, she. it's really cute. She just like hugs him and gives him like a little kiss. And she's like, I'm going in. Yeah. Except for I feel nothing for them. I feel nothing for them. But I feel just like, again, it's you just another example. Of, kiss. Yeah, and it's just another example of how like fearless Xenon is. Like yeah. where he was trying to have these like really cheesy moments. Like the rain, the stars. She's just like, hey, I'm going to kiss you now. And it's yeah. so cute. Yeah, she's not worried about timing. She's like, I'll do it when I want. She's just so free. She's so free. Yeah. And then, like, she does eventually get in with Protozoa. Like, she yes, finds him. Yes. And she's like, hi, I'm Xenon. Like, I won the contest. This is my doll. And he's like, he's like so amazing. And he's like, oh, my God, it is you. And he's yes. like living for her energy. Yes. Because he's a fellow cool-ass bitch. Yes. And he's like, she's like, can I, like, come back with you? Because, like, I need to get back. And he's like, of course. Like, anything for a fan. Like, you love me. I love you. This is great. <laughs> and then security comes up and they try and be like, no, no, no. Like, we have to take her, like... <laughs> she can't go back when Dum said she has to come with us and then you think that maybe he'll be like oh okay but he's just like you're gonna like be like Wyndham's bitches your whole life <laughs> except he doesn't say bitches but you get the point yeah he's like or do you want to like join a life of rock and roll and like kind of like be with me yeah and they're immediately like oh we want to be with you yeah and so like z does get to go yeah she gets on the flight and like i yeah. i love that they made protozoa like like a kind like fun himbo like yeah. rather than like a secret jerk or something like yeah. it just, like his character like worked so well for me i know i love protozoa he's so cute he's so cute so she's getting on the shuttle um <laughs> and it's like we already have enough villains we can't have another no exactly and that's overstuffed with villains yeah the world is already bad enough yeah. and we do get lutz and Wyndham spelling out their evil plan very um you know um directly here because Lutz is like <laughs> sir sending one of the most popular rock groups into the space station hours before it's going to self-destruct like what a brilliant way to like keep fingers from pointing at you no one would ever guess you devised this plan and it's just like okay <laughs> thank you for the setup yeah yeah we got it um and then Aunt Judy actually finds Lutz and Wyndham mm-hmm and she's like demanding to know where Xenon is. And she kind of accidentally blows up Xenon's spot because Aunt Judy saying this makes them realize like, oh, Xenon could be trying to get on the shuttle. Yeah. So they do run to the shuttle to try to get her off. But the shuttle takes off with Xenon on board and uh, Wyndham and Lutz and Aunt Judy. Ooh, yeah. And she's really scared of space and flying. She's like, no, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And is this the point where we see... Um, Xenon basically like roast protozoa for his poker skills. She's like, good that you can sing better than you can play poker. Yes. And he's like, oh my God, like you're so cheeky and bold. Yes. She has so much confidence. I know. It was it was really reminding me of um the parent trap. I'm like, she's good at poker too. I know. This kid has Those everything. parent trap girls have like the coolest skills ever. I'm like, why would 12 year old girls be good at fencing and poker and cards? Like they're so cool they're like too cool it's like what 12 year olds i love them you know i know but it's like what 12 year old is like amazing at poker and fencing and it does give you unrealistic like expectations for yourself when you're like watching that when you're seven yeah oh i'm gonna be so fabulous and then like you're not i'm not fabulous i don't know i don't have straight in diamonds no because few do i don't even like 
know what that means at that I, age. Like, barely know what that means now. Yeah, like come on now. Straight in diamonds. You're good, James. You're just but, not good enough. Like so good. Oh, and she's a royal flush. I I know. Your honor, a royal, royal flush. <laughs> we do see back on the space station, everything is getting really bad there. Like everything's malfunctioning. Yeah, it's really really bad. And there's this really dark moment when Captain Plank hears that like the microbes are only like an hour so away. Yeah. yeah, and he's like um tell them to like just go back and like save themselves at least mm-hmm. and someone says to him like well they can't because like if they don't refuel they would never make it home and he's like if we don't figure out what's going on none of us are gonna make it home and it's like oh my god that is so dark it's like so intense like you this movie is so the stakes are yeah you like yeah. you said very very high it's crazy um so the shuttle does arrive the microbes are there and xenon and her aunt judy are running through the halls and they see commander plank you know xenon's like word vomiting everything that's been going on and commander plank like looks at judy and he's like who are you a love connection immediate even when facing death he still has time to think about love and judy's like hi i'm judy and it's cute as hell because i love these two individuals and i would like to see them together absolutely i mean the chemistry is immediate with these two it's immediate it's like they knew each other in another life it totally is this is what judy has been waiting for her soul yes. he was in space yeah oh, wow they're not always on a dating app, guys. Sometimes you have to put yourself out there and get on a shuttle's face. <laughs> I know. It's like, if you don't do that, you'll never find the love no. of your life. Yeah, and so that is the love connection. But even with Aunt Judy there to vouch for her, who is his crush, Commander Plank still doesn't believe Xenon's story. <sighs> Especially when Wyndham and Lutz are there to be like, this teenager is the one who's messing with everything and she's just lying. Ugh. So Plank literally locks Xenon and Judy in his office and, you know, Xenon has to, like, data zap Nebula to be like, you have to come let us out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of drama, but she finally does get to the command center with the disc. And meanwhile, Lutz and Wyndham are freaking out because they're trying to get the shuttle to go back to Earth because they're like, this wasn't the plan. We weren't supposed to be here. Yeah, they're like, we're not supposed to be here when it destructs. We're supposed to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're basically... Or is it, are, we, are we here yet? Basically, find out from Xenon that like they want to blow this place up to collect the insurance money. Like yes. that's their plan. Oh yeah, and I don't think we mentioned that um, Xenon's plan this whole time has been that Andrew he took the disc and he installed this other program on it. So now wherever you put the disc that's already had the virus installed, it'll undo the virus. Mm. So Andrew's a genius. So that's Xenon's whole plan with going back to the space station. She was like, if I can get this to the space station, it'll undo the virus and I'll save everything. She's lucky she ended up at a high school with a computer genius. I know. High school, middle school, I guess. No, she really is. But I know, like, Andrew deserves, like, a Nobel Peace Prize for what he is able to accomplish. You don't like when, um, you don't like, like, a a Doogie Howser in Disney Channel movies. But Andrew was very, like, unassuming. I know he was. So I didn't really mind him. Okay. And, like, there are some smart kids. Like, it it did seem a little improbable that he'd be able to do this. Yeah. But he wasn't, like, precocious. He was just, like, doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. And he was really sweet. Yeah, he was sweet. I did want to say that I looked into because I found it so funny that Wyndham's grand plan is to collect insurance money because I was like, can one insure a space station? You can insure anything. Well, so Julia I Julia look- Roberts like insured her smile. I know, but those things are usually insured for like a few mil. Mm. So I looked into this and the International Space Station lacks an insurance policy Ooh. because it is just like too expensive. I read this article that said, quote, insuring the entire ISS 
with the U.S. alone investing over $75 billion, was deemed impractical during discussions with international space brokers in 2001. So like, yeah, because I'm like, what insurance company is going to be paying him out for this? Like, I don't like I think like people like Elon Musk, like I know at least some of his even like rockets have been uninsured because he's like he just has enough money to waste that kind of money. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a plot hole. Oh, get him. Um, but yes, basically, this is a very tense moment where Xenon has this disc. People are kind of yelling at her like, Xenon, no, like you don't know what you're doing. Yes. She's like, trust me, I have to insert this disc. And there's literally a countdown from 10 <gasps> to like total system failure, which would be a disaster. Yes. It'd be like they'd all die, basically. Yeah. So might as well try it. Yeah. What do they have to lose? So Xenon does put the disc in this computer and it's so scary with two seconds left to go everything goes black on the ship and then there's like a total black screen just like in the movie like it's yeah. it's almost like the movie is shut off like a la Sopranos it's finale. so scary it's really jarring and you're like did they all die but no, we knew they didn't because they're not course. gonna kill Xenon on no. Disney Channel please please yeah. she did so save the knew. day she's alive yes. she saved the day Everything goes back to normal. There's like a little robot voice that's like, virus deactivated, system rehabilitated. And everyone's kissing Xenon and saying like, we're so proud of you, my dream. I know. I know. To save the day, that must be a good feeling. I know. I want to save the day. Yeah, I don't think I've ever saved the day. Never, never. No. No. So that's pretty cool. Xenon is obviously so happy. And Commander Plank tells um, Lieutenant Schiff, who's been there here and there throughout the film, to arrest Wyndham and Lutz. Get them. Because they're bad. They're bad guys. And now it's concert time. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go. Boom, boom, boom. My supernova girl. My supernova girl. Um, and as uh, the microbes are performing, Protozoa reveals it's time for Xenon's big moment. But. I hated this, Sarah. Did you? Yes, because basically Xenon instead is like, dedicate this song to Greg. <laughs> There's nothing that's lost on men more than like boy bands. It's like yeah. he won't appreciate a boy band song being dedicated to him. Give it to Nebula. Dedicate well, it to Nebula. But she does give it to Nebula in a bigger way. I know she does. But I'm just like, it's just wasted on Greg because he won't appreciate that. And I hate, I agree. And I hate when they show Greg because she's basically FaceTiming him during the concert. And, like, she's living and having a great time. The concert is so high energy. And there's Greg giving a thumbs up and, like, not even smiling. Like, I know. nodding and looking so odd on this FaceTime. And I'm like, this is how I feel about FaceTimes. It's like, people don't need to be with us in all these moments. If they right. can't be there in the flesh, like, hang no, up. No, I know. Hang up. Hang up, Zion. Like, you can send him an email about it later. I know. Or just don't even dedicate the song to him. Because just don't. Yeah. My supernova this song absolutely rocks. And then Xenon does, she does, make a selfless decision to be like, you know what? I've already had a lot of time with Protozoa. You know who hasn't? My BF, which that's another thing. They call best friends in this movie BF, like not BFF. BF. Well, maybe it's not forever. True. Few middle school friendships are. That's very true. And so she is like, you know what? I want Nebula to have this dance with Protozoa. That is very sweet. But I think she should have the song and the dance. Okay. Team Neb. I think it's a cute way to, I mean, listen, without Greg, everyone would have died. Yeah, but he just, like, this means something to him. Like, he, but like, But the gesture wants that the, it came from Xenon means something to him. A kiss is enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
But Nebula does get the dance and she looks so happy dancing away. I know. I love Nebula. How cute is she? She's so cute. Raven. I know. Um, so that's adorable. And Xenon's parents are so proud of her. And we see that Aunt Judy is enjoying the concert with Commander Plank. Cute. Extremely. Love it. And yeah, that's basically the end. There's a freeze frame on Z's face. and then Freeze frame. Yeah. And then we zoom out to show the space station and we just hear people shouting, Xenon, Xenon, Xenon. Dream. She's so main character. And that's Xenon girl of the 21st century. Xenon, Xenon, Xenon. Do you think you could ever live on a space station? Would you ever want to? No, me neither. I'm just like Aunt Judy. I, w- I like wouldn't ever want to. Unless, like, everyone there is, like, amazing and mm. I the clothes are exactly that. And, like, it's just, like, parties and martinis all the time. I think when I, when I was little, like, the way the space station felt, like, did kind of appeal. Because I was like, her yeah. life does seem kind of fun. Um, I Now that I'm thinking about it, I think Xenon Z3 or maybe the sequel, one of them, like, I think part of the plot point is, like, they build, like, a mall on the moon. Yeah. I remember that vaguely. We'll get to it soon We'll get enough. to it. So this movie is based on a picture book of the same name released in 1996, written by Marilyn Sadler. Four other books in the series were released after the original. There was also a failed Xenon TV show pilot. Mm. Um, I did watch a Zoom reunion that people did with Kirsten Storms, who mm. plays Xenon, Greg Smith, who plays Greg, and Philip Rice Chaudhry, who plays Protozoa. I think it was in 2020. Um, which, by the way, the guy who plays Protozoa, hot. Like He's super hot. Like, looking at him when he was older, I was like, okay, sexy. Okay, gorgeous. Um, a fun fact that I learned from that Zoom reunion was that Greg said that they filmed the high school scenes in his real high school where he was a student at the time. <gasps> and many of the extras at the school scenes were just like his friends. <gasps> oh, my God. He was probably so popular. And then, according to IMDb... Courtney Draper, who is decom royalty from the 13th year and stepsister from Planet Weird, was like in the running to be Xenon. She was like one of the final girls considered. Um, And then we all know that there are two other movies after this, but according to Brendan Jefferson, who plays Andrew, there was a fourth film called Xenon, Savior of the Xenoverse that made it approximately four weeks into production before Disney was like, no. Fair. We didn't need a fourth. No. We barely needed a third. Yeah, from what I remember, the third is not that good. We'll see when we rewatch. Um, Raven Simone told BuzzFeed of this movie in 2017, quote, it was spandex from head to toe and coils in my hair. My first crush during that film. We're not going to talk about it. Anyways, moving on. And then she, Xenon. I want to know who. And she said she had a wonderful time filming with Kirsten. Uh-huh. But I'm like, yeah, well, I wonder who her crush was. I mean, it's probably a girl, right? Probably. <gasps> who? I don't know. Um, then I, mean, I what other girls are there besides Z? Margie, Margie, maybe like the girl who plays Lynx, the little redhead. Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe just like a girl with a really small role. I don't know. And then um, I did listen to some of this really long episode um, of this podcast called the Culture Cast, where this guy had on the woman who plays Judy, um, the guy who plays Commander Plank, and the director of Xenon. So just a couple of fun facts I learned from listening to that. Um, the uh, director said that he found the Disney Channel to be very micromanagey, and he said mm. there's a reason they call it Mauschwitz. <gasps> oh, I love that. And then he was kind of like, I felt, I felt very defensive of her throwing shade at Kirsten Storms a little bit. Like uh. 
he said that he that they all really wanted Kirsten like during the casting process Mm -hmm. and he which I do get wanted Raven and his main Mm -hmm. reason for that was that he was like Raven was really experienced because of the Cosby show Mm -hmm. Kirsten really wasn't at that time Mm -hmm. but I just kind of didn't like how he was like yeah like I really like uh stressed that I needed a lot of like one-on-one rehearsal time with her before filming started and he's like and she did get a bit better but then the table read came and it was like she had never seen any of the material before and like like why even do it like why even say that I know what's the point I know I kind of felt protective of her he was just like yeah "Yeah, it was a lot of work working with kids is really hard I was like oh my god oh my god okay um yeah and then he also like talked about how like he would always allow parents on set and like one day he saw that like Raven's dad was giving her a lot of notes and then like Raven would be like looking at her dad instead of at him and he said he had to like tell Raven's dad to leave the set I've always heard this about Raven's dad not to get too gossipy but when um Annalise Vanderpoel was on um vulnerable yes and she's talking about raven and she was sort of being like yeah like raven's parents were like on that set a lot just kind of like implying that raven's mm-hmm. parents were very much like momager yeah popager kind of vibe, right <laughs> like very invested in her career and honestly kind of controlling yeah no and like the director did say that when he spoke to raven's dad he was like very gracious and was like of course but mm-hmm. i i do think that like you kind of don't get to like the career raven had so young right. without some level of that and yes. it, and it totally makes sense that yeah. they would be like that you know like yeah. i'm sure they were yep. he did reveal some like really interesting things about like because he also directed the decom don't look under the bed and i know i should save these things for that episode but one thing i did want to mention because he talked about how he like he really wanted raven and kind of like everyone was like but but kirsten looks so right so he talked about how mm. in don't look under the bed it's like the lead is a white girl and then the romantic lead is a black boy and he said that he got a call during that movie where someone was like what are you gonna do about the kiss and he was like what do you mean and he was like what are you gonna do about the kiss and he was like what do you mean mm-hmm. and the person was like um well you know like he's black and he was like i'm gonna have them kiss and he was like so horrified and they oh my God. he said that someone literally asked him like can you just shoot it a few ways like maybe without the kiss and he was like no it's in the script that's what we're doing yeah isn't that so fun? well i remember um again Annalise was saying on Vulnerable that when she first auditioned Raven was Chelsea and they was like yeah white girl that was Raven and then when they did one of the test reads Raven was just so much funnier than this girl Mm -hmm. and like just clearly the star that like they had to make her I mean she probably had a different name than Raven in the original script but had to make her the lead and then she got the call to audition for Chelsea but yeah they said that like they tried to not make her the lead but then she was just like such a star and Annalise did say like I think it was because of racism like that they just couldn't see her as a lead and she like had to basically so overperform this other girl for them to be like maybe she should be the main role no exactly like it's that Raven is just like such a star oh my god I was reflecting on her watching this movie I was thinking about how like no other Disney Channel leading lady like made a role like so her own like yes her like physical comedy she's so funny vocal comedy like she is just like heads and shoulders above like yes. any other child star in that Absolutely. way where it's like she's just so like fearless and it's and just hilarious. such a she's such a natural talent like she yeah. just is honestly born to be a performer I know and I'm just like so happy they let Raven the character be as kooky as she was because it's truly so <laughs> fucking iconic like raven is like no other like Like, raven baxter i would die for that girl like with her disguises and her shenanigans insane um no she really is so and then yeah the only other things that were interesting that the other people said um commander plank 
said that he like wrote a song about Xenon and they actually recorded it when he was like doing an ADR session for the movie. So I would love to hear that. Mm. And he kind of like when he was like, oh, do you have any memories from set? He was like, no, I didn't like talk to anyone. But he was like, oh, but I'm friends with um Holly, who's the woman who played Aunt Judy. They Aww. seemed like they really did have a bond. Aww. But he was like, oh, I didn't like talk to anyone else. Wait, who said this? The guy who plays Commander Plank. Oh, okay, cute. <laughs> he's in other stuff too. He looks so... I know that he's in a few episodes of That's So Raven. Yes. He's like a teacher and he's yes. also been on Curb Your Enthusiasm in like a couple episodes. What, what was he? Heard? I think he played like an Orthodox Jewish man. I don't oh, know. Do you remember? Because yeah. <laughs> I know you yeah, like yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, now I remember him. Yes. <laughs> so this movie was written by Stu Krieger, who wrote Smart House and Phantom of the Megaplex and a bunch of other DCOMs we haven't done yet. It was directed by Kenneth Johnson, who, like I just mentioned, he also directed the DCOM Don't Look Under the Bed. He's done a bunch of TV stuff. He hasn't directed since 2017. And then the music was by Phil Marshall, who we've talked about a lot, most notably Pixel Perfect, which that makes a lot of sense to me that he did both of these movies. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about our Luminarious cast. Yes. I mean, I feel like Kirsten mostly did, like, um, from what I saw uh like a lot of like days of our lives like soap operas i feel yes. like i thought that i was gonna recognize her from stuff and then i like didn't other than the fact that i know that she's in like general hospital and stuff yeah but i thought that i would like know stuff she was in but i kind of didn't yeah i mean no it's true she's been on general hospital since 2005 she's also in johnny tsunami actually. oh yes yeah and she's the voice of the bitchy cheerleader bonnie and kim, kim possible yeah yeah um i also definitely remember her as a kid from she's in a few episodes of seventh heaven and she mm. dates like simon the son and like they always creeped me out as a couple because they look so much alike oh creepy i don't um, remember her in that i also really remember when she guest starred on that so raven because that Ooh, felt what? like such a crossover moment what to episode? Me. she just plays like a bitchy girl who has a party the same night as raven oh i don't remember that episode okay I yeah watch. i was like like when i saw that when i was little i was like oh my god xenon and like she's in xenon and Aww, i loved it cute um yeah, but that's Kirsten. And then obviously, you know, Ray as Nebula. I mean, yeah, Raven has just done so much. She's a fabulous singer. Like, her She's hit song backflip. Push yourself a little more, boy. For yes. me, you gotta work a little harder. harder. So good. Um, She is married now to a woman named Miranda Madej. I mean, she's been on Broadway. She was on The View for a couple years. Raven's back. Raven's oh Raven's home, oh, home. <laughs> same day same day I love that they made that that's so crazy I know. she's simply just one of the most iconic Disney Channel stars and yeah. always will be yeah um Stuart Pankin is Commander Plank um he was in an 80s sketch comedy show on HBO called Not Necessarily News that's kind of his biggest thing um Holly Fulger is Aunt Judy I just love her to pieces. Her biggest things are that she was in a show called Anything But Love that Jamie Lee Curtis was in. Love. And she was also in season one of Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres' oh, show. Oh, okay, love. Um, Frederick Coffin is Parker Wyndham. He actually passed away in 2003. So really only a few years after this movie. Mm -hmm. And his biggest thing that I saw is Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. Um, I really thought I was going to know Mr. Lutz from something, but I really didn't. But he's Bob Bancroft. He's still very much acting. Um, and then Gregory Smith is Greg. And there is something that blew my mind about his history. What? He is sport in Harriet the Spy. Oh, my God. The tragically poor friend. Yes. I, I love that movie. And, like, I feel like as sport, he was amazing. Yeah, I don't remember that well. Like, I kind of do. But, like, my memory is not super sharp okay. about that. 
we'll have to rewatch that together. It's I know, so I love good. that movie. Um, he's also in. He went on to star in Everwood, which is a TV show for a while, and he's now a director. He's directed Superman and Lois, Supergirl, Riverdale episodes of all those shows. So he's killing it oh, as yeah, a director. Hi guys, this is Sarah chiming in after the fact to say I felt like it was a crime that I forgot to mention the actor who plays Protozoa during the episode, Philip Rice Chaudhry. He's mostly just done a lot of TV stuff. He's kind of best known for his stint on 24 and a show called Survivors. And most recently he was in some episodes of a show called The Full Monty in 2023. So he is still acting and still being hot. It's time to rank the love interests. Okay, so this is our scale, you guys. You know it. Number one, we support this union. Number two, we have some notes. Number three, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy who you are knowing your whole life or this boy who you are just meeting who says you shine like the light from the sun? Elizabeth Garg quote, the Palo effect. Or number four, get this person to a therapist stat. So Sarah, what are you giving Greg and Xenon? I am giving them we have some notes because A, talk about long distance, B, Greg is just kind of dull. He's everything that Xenon is not. I'm really happy that he was able to help her achieve her goals in this movie. But no, Xenon, I don't think she's going to date again for a while because she's on a ship with a bunch of little dorks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what her future holds, but it's not Greg. He's he's fine. He's sweet. But he also kind of gave me the ick. He's giving serial monogamous to me. Mm-hmm. And Xenon's giving like, so not that. I know. No man is going to tie her down. I just, yeah, I don't think that she actually likes him. I think he's just the first Earth boy she met. Yeah. I didn't even think they had chemistry. I don't know even anything about him. And like, yeah, so I'm going to give it, we have some notes too, just because like they're both good people, but like I don't see a spark. I don't think they have that much in common. No. I don't even think they seem compatible. So no, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I think he kind of like, she was like a dream girl to him. Yeah. 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 For sure. Should we rank Judy and Commander Plank? I mean, I think we just say, have fun, guys. Them. Yeah, I, I mean, this you. is Judy's first love affair. We yeah. have to support it. We have to support her in this. And he seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like stable and he's like, stable. like, you He'll know. let her be cuckoo. Yes. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for them. What's your favorite quote? I think I know what it is. What do we guess? Not everything has to have a purpose, hon. Yes. Some things are just good for your soul. Aunt Judy. Was that yours? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course that was mine. I loved it. I thought it was stunning. It was stunning and gorgeous. So for the Zodiac sign, if Xenon, the girl of the 21st century, were a Zodiac sign, I know you mentioned Leo earlier, and I do know what you mean, Mm -hmm. but I did go with Aries because to me, Mm -hmm. Xenon just screams Aries energy. She's always getting into trouble. She trusts her gut over everything, but her intentions are really pure. She's a really good friend. She's super confident. She's just totally fearless, and all of that to me is Aries. Mm. Love it. So what's your rose? Okay, my rose was that I thought that it, like, for a movie that was so far-fetched, it felt kind of, like, grounded. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing felt, like, so implausible. I thought it had really good pacing. Like, I think my rose just overall was that it made sense. The plot holes weren't that big. And, like, for a movie that took big swings, I was sort of, like, I can believe this, Mm -hmm. even though it was, like, insane. Yeah. Yeah, and even when you compare it to, like, some of the other, like, sci-fi movies we've done, like, Mm -hmm. The Poof Point or even Smart House, like, it didn't try to be too smart with the science, which made it feel more believable. Right. Like, it kind of just was, like, hey, this could be possible someday. We're not going to, like, get into explaining it, and we're not going to, like, 
dig ourselves into a weird hole with like scientific yeah. plots. And also it was like the kind of science a 13 year old girl would know. Like she doesn't know everything about her parents' research because she's 13 the same way yeah. that like most kids don't know everything. Right. And it was like, I understand like Andrew with the virus thing was a little bit like, okay. But <laughs> even that felt like more plausible than like what Roscoe was doing in Pixel Perfect. Yeah. My Rose, I had to go with the lingo mm. because to me all, all the slang all the fun futuristic you know terms and, and yeah basically just slang that xenon and her friends use and i had to go with it because it's just by far the most iconic lasting part of this film yeah people still quote all of those things like you know cetus lapidus and all, all those mm-hmm. and i just think like even if you argue that it's a little cheesy or mm-hmm. a little forced it's such a choice and it's yeah it's like done throughout the movie in a way that does feel like it really adds a lot to the world and i just find it really charming and i like that they did that yeah me too i love it my thorn was i kind of teased it earlier but with the quote of like not everything here has a purpose i felt that it was strange that she went to earth and she didn't learn any kind of lesson about earth really i mean she made these hints that like oh like earth is different than i expected but i Mm -hmm. almost would have liked if the plot was a little more simple and like it was about like when she went to earth i was like oh i forgot this this movie must be about like unlearning propaganda and like ethnocentrism and then it just like wasn't kind of at all which is fine but i just think personally for me i would have liked if she like learned a lesson about like not everything has to have a purpose or like the slower pace of earth or just like what earth was really like or like i don't know i would have just liked if she came to some conclusion in that way and i feel like she didn't really at all and then she just like goes back to space yeah and it sort of feels like her time on earth was kind of for nothing yes and also to add to that i didn't feel really connected to any of the earth characters so it also felt like we were introduced to these new characters that like personally i didn't feel connected to greg besides aunt judy yeah aunt judy yes but she was such a small part of like the film like her new like kid friends i felt like i don't feel connected to them so like what what's the point of this earth journey yeah no i completely agree with you and i'm actually like mad at myself that i didn't think about that because it's so true and i think it is the biggest problem with the film yeah because it's just like there is something obviously not to everyone but to me something sad about living so disconnected from earth yeah and it's one thing if it's for like like a period of time for research or whatever but like right. for a child's entire life mm-hmm. and for that to i guess that they like almost didn't want to go there but they should have at least touched on yes her unlearning some of her ideas about earth besides yeah. just a couple throwaway lines right right um my thorn it does feel a little bit nitpicky compared to yours but i do think they should have thought a little bit more about what earth would be like in 50 years when mm. they're gonna so thoughtfully i think create this space station and this other world it's like if people are able to live in space earth is going to be a little different right right and the only thing they did was that cheesy hoverboat yes that's it the fashion was the exact same the computers were the exact same they didn't like they could have at least talked a little bit besides president clinton they could have had fun with like what is earth like now are there more problems are some things better like i think we agree that we just in general feel that the earth section was kind of lazy underdeveloped yeah totally but uh that brings us to our overall rating for this movie who goes first i have no idea it's been too long i can go first if you want okay i am giving it you might feel differently a very solid b i really really like this movie it's not perfect it is cheesy it doesn't have any of like the emotional depth that we look for with our higher ratings but i think it for my age group really is so iconic and i do think kirsten storms does a really great job i love just there aren't a lot of i don't think there's any other movies really about like teens on a space station it's such Mm -hmm. a fun concept it's so cute 
I, I just really like it. And I think it's, I think it's a B. Love. No, I feel kind of similarly. I think that it's really unique. I think that it like really stands apart from other movies in this genre. Yeah. Like it has such a specific look, such specific lingo. Um, and it's a really unique idea. I totally agree with all your points. I thought it was entertaining from start to finish. Yes. Um, it, the beginning, like I felt a little like out of it and I really like got into it halfway through. I think it's really good. Thinking about what I give a B, I don't know if for me it's quite a B. I give it a B minus. Okay. I think a lot of you guys have probably seen this one, but maybe some of you younger listeners have not. Yeah. It's it's like required viewing if you consider yourself a Disney I Channel girly or a so. boy. Yeah. Or non-binary individual. So you need to watch Xenon. I think so. And when you do, you need to use our drinking game rules. Yes. And if you're doing Dry January like moi, make yourself a mocktail. Real. So drink every time parker windham winks and or blinks strangely okay guys this one is truly insane you have to take this oh no i knew you were gonna do this to them laura drink every time there is slang (laughs) i knew you have to take such small sips that's crazy drink every time someone calls commander plank plank the blank um drink every time aunt judy is personally relatable to you oh i love her so much yeah drink every time margie is heinous to xenon And finish your drink when <laughs> Xenon and Greg try and kiss, and it's an epic failure. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for waiting for our return. Again, we love you so much, and stay tuned for, I don't know, maybe a sequel? <laughs> hint, yes. hint. Yes. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. See you next time. See you next time.